This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 11, Ron Wilson. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Jim talks with the 2010 U.S. Men's Olympic Hockey head coach and current NHL Toronto Maple Leafs head coach, Ron Wilson. I explain this to guys all the time. It's, it's about basically doing your homework, and we've all been through that where um, we went home in high school or college on the weekend, and uh, we didn't do our homework until late Sunday night because we got distracted or we procrastinated a little bit. And that awful feeling on Monday morning when you didn't quite get all the assignments, you didn't realize what was involved, and um, it's just due to lack of preparation, and that's, that's your own fault. It's, it's nobody else's fault. Known in hockey circles as a coach dedicated to preparation, Ron shares with Jim how the men's team prepared for the Olympics, how preparation was one element of accountability to fellow teammates, and how preparation led to playing relaxed and in the moment to come back with 24 seconds on the clock. So, Ron, um, I'm going to start off by introducing you to our audience. Uh, Ron Wilson recently completed his second season as a head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL. Earlier coached with the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, the Washington Capitals, who he led to the 1998 Stanley Cup Finals, and the San Jose Sharks. As a player at Providence College, Ron set several records for scoring by a defenseman. He played with the Maple Leafs and the Minnesota North Stars uh, and also played on the U.S. national hockey team, uh, including 1975, 81, 83, and 87 Ice Hockey and World Championships. Ron is the second winningest active NHL coach and one of just 15 coaches in NHL history to win 500 or more regular season games. Uh, he uh, led the Team USA to the gold medal in the first ever World Cup of Hockey in 1996, and most recently led the U.S. men's team uh, in the Olympics to uh, almost a gold medal in a historic overtime championship game that uh, was uh, thrilling. Ron, thanks for uh, thanks for being with us today. Oh, I'm uh, happy that I could uh, find the time to speak with you. I'd like to start by asking you about your upbringing in sports. What sports did you play as a kid? Well, I'm, I was fortunate uh, that uh, my father was a professional hockey player and later on a coach. So, uh, number one, I, I played hockey. I also played baseball. And uh, one of my favorite pastimes now is golf. And I, I learned to, my dad uh, uh, got us golfing at an early age, me around 10 years old. So, I've become a, a pretty decent golfer. I haven't played baseball in a long time, and obviously I'm still involved in, in hockey. I have to ask you, there's so much uh, focus for, on kids today to specialize early. Do you think playing baseball helped you in hockey at all? Well, I, I think uh, it's very important that uh, kids um, try all different kinds of sports. Uh, namely, I think um, it opens your mind. You become more creative. Uh, number two, 
Um, each sport has its own set of skills, so you become a, a, a better all-around athlete. And I, I personally, I, I think the best athletes in the world are hockey players. And most of the hockey players I know uh, were multiple sports players. And, and in particular, um, many of the players that I've coached along the way have either played lacrosse, which is similar to hockey, or they played baseball. Uh, not very many players uh, played football or basketball, but essentially baseball. It's something basically uh, with a kind of a bat or a hockey stick or a lacrosse stick, something like that in their hands. I think uh, um, personally, I, I, I couldn't possibly myself coach hockey 12 months a year. I need a couple of months off, and, and, and during those couple of months off, I play a lot of golf. And that keeps my competitive juices going, but it also offers me a different perspective. It's a sport that I play well, but not as well as I played hockey, and it kind of humbles me at times and, and gives me a different perspective altogether, which makes me a better coach. That's great. You know, hockey really is a it's it's a game of skill, but it's also a physical game. So developing your your general athletic ability with other sports can really help. I can see how that would be. Oh, I think that's huge. Uh, um, just becoming a better athlete. Uh, hockey's all about balance um, and, and strength, stamina, all those types of things that go along with your skating, uh, stick handling, puck handling skills, and things like that. But if you become a better athlete, you're going to become a better hockey player. Well, that's great. How you, you mentioned your dad was a, a coach. How, how would you describe your parents' roles in your youth sports career? Uh, they were very encouraging. Um, my my dad who played and coached never really ever got involved in our in our playing uh he was there uh in support uh, a lot of times unfortunately he couldn't make it to our games because uh he was either playing when he was a player or traveling and coaching when he got into coaching but whenever he was there um he stayed in the background he was positive and the number one message he always uh gave to me and my brothers was um you listen to your coach and do what your coach says. As long as your coach is fair, um, that's the man that you have to deal with. And pretty much uh, that's how I brought my kids up uh, as well. I was always there when I could get to games. I think that's important and huge. Um, being an athlete myself, um, I always realized how um, difficult it is to play a sport, any sport, at any level. Uh, and and for me, my my most fun memories are watching my my girls are basketball players, uh, softball players, and and my oldest daughter ran track and or my youngest daughter ran track and field at at South Carolina, which is a pretty good school for track and field. And any time I could see them compete, that was good enough for me because I know how difficult it is to to reach any kind of uh, elite level. Wow, that's great. Um, can you talk about some of your experience with coaches you had at any level, youth, youth hockey or professional, who uh, really left a mark on you, uh, either positive or negative? Well, um, I always try to take uh, positive things uh, from my coaches. Uh, since I'm a coach's son, literally, I always paid attention, and uh, attention to detail was huge because those are the things that we discussed when, whenever I was watching my dad uh, coach his teams. He basically, back in those days, there weren't assistant coaches. And at 12 or 13 years old, I was always acting as my dad's eye in the sky. But uh, back to my own coaches, um, I had lots of good ones. Um, 
in Bantam, uh, uh, Mr. Jarvis, who is uh, a, a Marine. Uh, he was my first uh, Bantam coach. Uh, I'm still in contact with him. He lives in, in just outside of Atlanta. Um, in high school, uh, Joe Sprague was my uh, hockey coach and uh, my guidance counselor, um, and he really had an impact on me. He was also a, an accomplished golfer in the state of Rhode Island, and um, basically with Mr. Sprague, you, you lived an honor code, uh, just like you would in, in, in golf, and I, I learned a lot, and he gave me the freedom um, to make myself a better hockey player. And then when I went to college, I had Lou Lamarillo, who uh, probably had the most impact on on uh, on my career in sports, uh, whether it be as a player or as a coach. That 96 World Cup um, that we won, uh, Lou Lamarillo was a general manager, believe it or not, and I was, I was the coach. So we've had a, a long history together. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. I think I learned um, next uh, to my parents more about life from Lou Lamarillo and still uh, – uh, because both my parents have, have passed on, um, I still rely on, on Lou Lamarillo for uh, any kind of advice. And other coaches along the way, uh, Roger Nielsen, I was fortunate enough to play with uh, at the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, maybe the one guy um, who I didn't play for much uh, was Bob Johnson, who um, was a very positive coach, uh, made the game a lot of fun. And... Um, I have a lot of pleasant memories when I think back on uh, Bob Johnson. In the NHL, I had a number of good coaches as well as in Europe, and, and all I've ever tried to do as a coach is, first of all, try and be myself, but um, fit some things in that I picked up from different coaches, which I thought were their strengths, and if it, if it messed with my personality, tried to, to use their ideas or their ways of communicating uh, that uh, have helped me uh, have the type of career that I've had up to this point. That That's really um, both remarkable and really wonderful. That uh, Speaking of um, Coach Amarillo, for example, that you're still in touch with him after all these years and, and close to him. That's I think that speaks to the, the bond that a athlete and a coach can develop through sports. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I think sports kind of mirrors society. It's not the other way around the way some people uh, think that society mirrors sports. And uh, a lot of things um, that you can pick up in sports you can use uh, to make yourself a more rounded person. Just the um, competing. Um, one thing we were talking with my with one of my friends yesterday, golfing, and, and, and he's a salesperson, and he says he relies on golf as an example um, to reveal the personality um, when the competition gets really hot or the, the player's having a tough day, uh, golf really reveals your personality. But I think, I think uh, because it's an individual sport, but I think um, hockey does the same things too. And um, when you've got positive coaching, when you've got good coaching uh, along the way and support from your parents, uh, positive support, not the type of support unfortunately, that you hear about at times, uh, parents living their lives through their children. But when the parent understands that uh, it's, it's about learning life lessons, it's about competing, it's about facing adversity, um, which is what life is all about. You face uh, different challenges every day, just as you do in a hockey game. And you have to learn how to cope and, and how to problem solve when things aren't going your way. I think that's the best things that you can take out of playing sports and in particular hockey. 
You know, you mentioned about that life lessons through sports. Um, the the model of a responsible coach is someone with has who has two goals. First goal is winning, and second, more important goal is to use sports to teach life lessons and develop positive character traits. Does that model uh, apply at all to the NHL or professional sports? Well, um, you know, unfortunately, at, at my level, I, I would think at the youth level, it should be reversed, where winning is a secondary. Uh, it's a byproduct of doing all the things in the right way in a positive environment. Uh, in the NHL, it is basically about winning. Um, although when you coach a young team like I do in Toronto, we're the youngest team in the NHL, uh, part of my responsibility is, is teaching players um, basically how to be adults and how to deal with the adversity and the situations that you face when you're not a very good team, when you you haven't uh, the experience to overcome some of the um, problems that you face during a game. So uh, unfortunately, when you're a professional coach, and in particular a coach in the NHL, and then on top of that, a coach in Toronto um, where uh, – uh, it, it's a it's a part of the culture at, at the Toronto Maple Leafs, in particular, in Toronto and and in Ontario, and for that matter, across all of Canada. The the people my age, the baby boomers in their fifties, uh, when they were watching hockey night in Canada on Saturday nights, it was always a Toronto Maple Leaf game. So we've got fans coast to coast. Um, all they really want to see, first of all, is our team try hard and compete. Second of all. They really like to see our team win. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure to do that, but I don't really compromise on my principles. Right now I have to teach our players how to win before they, they can actually win. It's interesting what you said, um, that you know that, that the idea in sports, youth sports, is uh, winning, yeah, you're trying to win, but really as a way to teach life lessons. And I was really struck by what you said about in, in, at the professional level, you're still trying to develop character. Uh, you talked about, you know, dealing with adversity. Those are really character traits, and so you're still doing that, even though the focus has really emphasized over towards winning. Yeah, well, I, I think sports is essentially about competing, uh, matching your wits, uh, um, your physical skills against someone else. And if the only thing is winning, and there's a ten-team league, one team wins, nine teams lose. So does that mean? Uh, nine teams are losers. I, I don't think so. You have to learn how to compete. You learn how to get better. You learn how to problem solve. Um, and in the end, you'll be able to handle just about anything that life throws your way. I think that's more important than, than saying uh, you're a winner. You, you take a golf tournament, a PGA golf tournament. Um, one guy's going to win out of 150 who start. That doesn't mean the other 149 are losers and, and, um, uh, you know, should be thrown by the wayside. Their, their job is to work hard and persevere and get better every day. I think that's what sports really teaches us. Yeah. You know, the, the U.S. team in the, the 2010 Olympics, um, pretty impressive. They never gave up, you know, down 24 seconds in the, the gold medal game and scoring a goal to send it overtime. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you coach this team, which I think most observers didn't really think had the chance uh, had much of a chance to get to where they were, but how you built confidence in them and, and took them as far as you did? Well, we did lots of things um, leading up um, in a short period of time. Uh, 
the summer before last summer uh, in August, we met for a three-day camp. Um, we did a few things on the ice, but th- these are very skilled players, and um, eight or nine months in advance, you're not going to be going over systems too much. It was just familiarizing the players with the coaches and with each other. And we used it more, um, and we had 35 players at this camp. Only 23 people were going to be in Vancouver. And we wanted the players to get to know each other better, so we introduced some exercises uh, where the players got to talk a little bit about themselves and a little bit about their roommates. And we also involved um, the military somewhat and uh, because we had to put things in perspective. Uh, um, when you're an elite athlete in the NHL, sometimes perspective um, falls by the wayside. And, and we brought in true American heroes, uh, Mike Thornton, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Mike Thornton, uh, a U.S. Uh, Navy SEAL, retired, um, is the uh, Medal of Honor winner, uh, the most decorated SEAL um, in U.S. history. We brought in uh, two Rangers, um, and all of these uh, people, um, the two Rangers, uh, one is still in Iraq, uh, the other has uh, stepped uh, out of the military due to some of his, his injuries. He lost a leg. All of the people we had speaking to us talked about patriotism, talked first and foremost about um, not caring as much about yourself as you do the people beside you in the foxhole on the line with you. And I think um, their stories and, and their patriotism, the love of the country that they showed, really got our players all fired up. And uh, we continued along those lines and had a few of these guys with us at the Olympic Village, um, whenever um, uh, we needed a little shot in the arm uh, from a motivational point of view, these guys would talk about um, their darkest times, which uh, are really dark compared to us, uh, you know, missing an empty net or something like this. This is, uh, you know, taking a bullet in the leg or or watching your best friend get killed. And uh, um, the perspective that our players had and the peace of mind they had was really important. And you saw that in the last game uh, when we tied the game up. I, I think we we remained calm. We, we had perspective on what we were doing. It wasn't life or death. Um, it, was, it was a hockey game. It was for our dreams, though. Um, and we talked about that at, at great length with everybody, a chance to realize a, a dream that you set uh, – when you're maybe six or seven years old, 10, 11, um, about winning a, a gold medal, and we were that close. We were relaxed, and, and it allowed us to, by being relaxed and focused at the same time, it allowed us to almost accomplish our, our dreams. You know, the, the, the story about the, the Navy SEAL and the, the Medal of Honor winners, et cetera, um, and a couple of thoughts about that. One is... Um, you know, you're really honoring them at the same time. They're you're giving something to those those veterans at the same time. They're giving something to your team to to you know bring them in as a team, which seems really really wonderful. The other thing that struck me is is the idea when you say about these guys talked about caring more about your your um, the people in your platoon or whatever than yourself. Really, the de- de- uh, really requires trust to play at the kind of level uh, where you're calm and relaxed and focused. Trust in your teammates the way to be able to play the way they did in the gold medal game. 
Well, that, that's basically a, a big buzzword, trust. Um, trust yourself, trust your teammates. Um, and you only get that through um, preparation. If uh, it, it, I explain this to guys all the time. It's, it's about basically doing your homework. And we've all been through that where um, we went home in high school or college on the weekend and uh, we didn't do our homework until late Sunday night because we got distracted or we procrastinated a little bit. And that awful feeling on Monday morning when you didn't quite get all the assignments, you didn't realize what was involved, and um, it's just due to lack of preparation, and that's, that's your own fault. It's, it's nobody else's fault. And that's what we stressed through this was uh, not so much um, that, that my job was to make sure everybody was ready. Each guy was responsible to himself and to his teammates to make sure that he was ready so that he wouldn't let his teammate down if, if his teammate was in trouble and needed him. And that's exactly how the military operates. So we didn't have to jump up and down. I, I didn't have to make a, a famous Herb Brooks speech mm-hmm. uh, before the game or anything like that. Uh, we, we were totally prepared, and we had talked about the, these moments uh, right from the get-go, uh, right, right from August 15th last year. Uh, throughout the season, I would send off an email to the whole group uh, once a month uh, predicting that we would be playing Canada that it'd be going right down to the end. I just had that feeling. I could have been wrong and everybody would forget about it, but uh, the only thing I missed was uh, uh, I thought we would score the overtime winner, and unfortunately we didn't. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, how do you as a coach, or, or how can youth coaches also create an atmosphere on the team where, where players support each other and pick each other up rather than, I mean, people are competing for playing time sometime within a team. How do you create a, a, an atmosphere where people are supporting each other on the team? Well, I, I think the most important thing is uh, you do things away from, from the game. Um, like some of the things we did last year uh, uh, at, at my level, it's hard for me to talk about the youth level because uh, time constraints, but you know, going golfing, uh, doing a paintball thing, but the important thing about what we were doing was uh, the players were talking about each other. We've, we were encouraging them to learn something about their teammates that nobody else knew and then share that, and, and you create kind of a, a real bond, a real team. Uh, guys know little things about each other. If you create that, uh, I think that's the most important thing. It's not about... It's just not about the, that sport you're playing. You, you have to uh, find some kind of other things where you're getting together and, and, and people feel a common bond with, with each other. And, and um, you, I mean, you could, it, basically it's like sitting around the campfire and telling stories. It could be um, just the simple question, what's your um, favorite moment so far in hockey or baseball or or golf and, and sharing that, or your most your most heartbreaking moment in sports. And if you can get the players to be honest with each other, um, that's that's where the the trust later on is going to come from from players being honest with each other. And then along the way, uh, I, I think the coach has to be honest in his criticisms of the players, not play favorites, um, and and do his best he can to communicate. Um, his ideas on on a daily basis so that everybody's on the same page. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, how do you tend to react to player mistakes, and uh, you know, how do you help players get past those mistakes so they can focus on the next play? Well, uh, you know, first of all, um, the, the game is nothing but taking advantage of somebody's mistakes, and um, so so it is a game of mistakes. Uh, the mistakes that upset me as a as a coach are are mental mistakes because of, like I just mentioned, lack of preparation. You weren't ready. Uh, you didn't do your homework. Uh, those, to me, are almost unacceptable mistakes. Uh, physical mistakes, uh, falling down, uh, mis- any anything like that. Uh, those you just have to keep encouraging the player not to be afraid to make mistakes in practice. That's where, and, and I, I think... Um, back on my own experiences um, from my own coaches. Um, I was a kind of a creative player, and I had to do an experiment and practice to test those boundaries of creativity. And if, if, I, if I was ever stuck in a really tight, regimented practice, that, that really kind of retarded my growth as a player. So I think it's very important how you practice allowing players to make mistakes. If a player makes a mistake in practice, he shouldn't be berated. He should be encouraged to keep on doing something until he gets it right. Wow, that's great. Um, the, you know, it seems to be a balance that all coaches must strike between you know, patting somebody on the back, encouraging them, and then uh, being honest, as you say, about, about criticism because uh, people don't get better without that honest criticism. How do you think about the uh, the the striking the balance between you know saying some hard things to players, but also then um, what we call filling their emotional tank to to make them really motivated as well? How do you how do you balance those two things? Well, I, I think first of all, the way the way I coach is I am at times brutally honest, but not in a demeaning way. Um, if I see a mistake and um, I think it's a correctable mistake. The player will get instant feedback. And, and you're, you're not trying to humiliate anybody or anything like that. And the players, but the player has to see that. Like the lesser players on your team have to see you be even handed across the board with everybody in terms of how you address mistakes. And uh, um, you also have to, to, to get to know the personalities of each of your players because. Um, and some of it is how they're brought up at home, knowing how they're parented at home, the type of background. You know, they have um, one one parent, there's two parents, and a lot of times now there's four parents. Uh, parents are divorced and remarried, so you're in mixed families. There's a lot of things that, that are going on. So I think it's really important for the coach to get to know uh, know the players and then, you react on, you know, the buttons you push. Some kids, um, all they can take is pats on the back, and, and you have to back off on on, on uh, criticism. You also have to know where the person's mind is on that particular day, um, what's going on in their lives. I mean, in, in my profession at, the, at the, the, the highest level, you're obviously looking at uh, the player's wife ill, uh, something happening at home, children sick, uh, parents, uh, a parent just got diagnosed with cancer. The same types of things uh, happen at, 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 at younger levels as well. And it's the, the player may not say anything, and 
And you'll see a week later, uh, you'll be asking yourself, why didn't he respond? Uh, and then you'll find out after some investigating that something drastic happened in the child's life and uh, it's affecting how he's, um, how he's coping when he, when he comes to the arena. So very important to communicate and, and have, your, have your thumb on the pulse at all times. Wow, that's great. Um, you, you talked about parents. What can what do you think parents can do to help their kids get the most out of youth sports or high school sports? Um, well, first of all, I, I think it's very important to be there to support uh, and and to listen. Um, um, I think it's also important uh, for the parents to allow the coaches to do their jobs. Uh, I find a lot of parents are more involved in their. Uh, parent and their kids coaching than they are with their with their kids teachers at school what's more important at the end of the day i think the child's education is more uh more important than the sports that he's playing so uh, i think you have to strike a balance there and um just be encouraging um never you know don't force kids to play games um encourage them to do it there's uh, I know kids are, are at times put into games before they're ready and they get discouraged because they're not very good. I, I think um, you should just ac- accept your child, um, allow him to blossom, and uh, encourage him to practice away from uh, away from the rink. We spend so much time as parents now just putting on a, a television and not encouraging our kids to go out in the backyard and, and practice or play or actually going out there and practicing and playing with your child yourself. Just to, it's, First of all, it's good for you to get a little exercise as the parent. And second, uh, I, know, uh, I, I know the kids love to throw balls with their moms and dads and play street hockey as well. I, I think you have to get in there and encourage them and have fun with them as well. Ron, uh, hockey is, we talked about this before, it's a very physical game, um, and we often hear stories of uh, parents or, or coaches uh, getting a little carried away. Do you have any advice to give youth coaches or parents to help their athletes keep, well, first of all, for them to keep their cool, but then also to help their kids keep their cool on the ice? Um, well, uh, you know, that's uh, an interesting question. I, I think... Um, and it depends on, on the age level, but I, I, I really don't think uh, coaches should be encouraging too much physical play until the, the players are almost uh, completely physically developed because there's huge disparity. Um, some 12-year-olds uh, shave already, but, but most don't. And when you're encouraging uh, physical contact, that, that bigger kid can scare the bejesus and frustrate and actually... Um, force uh, a player out before his time. Um, I, I, I personally think um, too many coaches are worried about winning and systems, and they don't uh, encourage skills development. And it's the uh, it's uh, being a better skater, being a better passer, being a better stick handler, uh, learning to learning to think the game better. Um, the physical part is what we do in the NHL, and usually. Um, the physical uh, aspect of the game is to intimidate and take the skill out of the skill player, and I don't think that should be ever um, a tactic that's used at uh, youth hockey levels. You know, just thinking about uh, some of the criticism of American uh, American soccer, 
is that in other countries, um, you got kids playing soccer by themselves without a lot of adult supervision. It allows them to be creative and make mistakes. And, and um, you know, one of the criticisms of U.S. soccer is it's so regimented and so coach-directed that kids don't get the chance to develop their skills and their creativity. Yeah, well, uh, Brian, Brian Burke makes a great point, my general manager, um, and, he, and he says the most fun kids will ever have at practice is the day their coach uh, has a flat tire and doesn't make it to practice. And I think what he means by that, and, and I see the same thing in basketball. Uh, basketball is a playground sport. When you allow the kids to make up their own rules, and even baseball for that matter, um, that's where all the skills development comes, uh, kids using their imagination without um, um, parents or coaches uh, putting limitations on what they can do. And uh, we've got to find that happy medium in, in hockey. Hockey is difficult because it's quite an expensive sport. Uh, you're paying for ice time. Ice time is limited, so you have to, be, you have, to have structure in your practices. But it would sure be nice if, if there was more public skating, more public hockey, um, or more kids uh, playing roller hockey. I think we're going to start to see hockey make another turn and jump in popularity due to the Olympics this year uh, first, and, and you're seeing it um, in the playoffs right now. Uh, TV ratings are way up, and I, I think you're probably seeing tons of kids right now in Philadelphia, Chicago, and other hockey hotbeds around the country playing street hockey uh, before and after these Stanley Cup games. Wow, that's great. Ron, I really appreciate your sharing all this wisdom. Um, And I know our our listeners are going to get a lot uh, lot out of it as well. Uh, Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome, Jim, and uh, call anytime. To learn more about responsible sports, including how to help your athletes focus on mastery, Instead of the pressure to win, visit ResponsibleSports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.